Welcome to First Time Through, new eyes on Castle Rock. I'm your host, Kim Payne, and we're here today with... Wendy Brown. And we are reading The Mist. The Mist first appeared in anthology form in Skeleton Crew. Goodness, I almost forgot. I'm holding the book in my hand. It's going to be that kind of night. (laughs) It was originally published in Dark Forces in 1980. Kind of a time frame of where we're at. And we start out in the middle of summer in New England in the middle of a drought. Mm, Yeah, it does. The worst heat wave in northern New England. And, And it says it finally broke on the night of July 19th. And as we discussed when we were doing our production of Misery last year, uh, 19 is a number of power in the Stephen King universe. Um, And for a little background on that, uh, I directed a stage play version of Misery in the fall of 2022, and Wendy was my Annie. And it was amazing. Yeah, that was a heck of a show. <laughs> it, it was. It was. And I was really glad that we got to do it together because it was a lot of fun. So we start off with your first thoughts about this. My first thoughts were this this story comes so easily and so fast that I found myself, I was reading it and I found I was going page after page just fast, reading through it really fast. And then I had to slow down and just go back to the beginning and start over and just absorb what was happening in the moment because it just it reads so well and so easily that I was I was finding that I was flipping through the pages really fast. So when I went back to the very beginning to start reading it all over again, the very first line is this is what happened. And it doesn't make um, a whole lot of to do about it. It doesn't it doesn't paint this really wild colorful picture. It doesn't have all of this flourish and everything. It's just very simple bones this is the structure of the story this is i'm just going to tell you what happened i'm I'm not gonna i'm not gonna use all kinds of adjectives and crazy words and 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 drawn out sentences i'm just going to be very simple about this not a lot of exposition yes exactly so that made it that made it so easy to just read right through there we 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 get an easy sense of where we are what it looks like Without having to describe like every minute detail of everything. Right. We don't need to know how many blades of grass there were. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But it does immediately put you on Mm -hmm. a lake in New England in the heat of summer. Yes. When no one wants to eat anything. They just want to keep drinking the Pepsi out of the cooler because that's what he says. The food wasn't going anywhere, but the Pepsis were going pretty quick. Everybody's gulping up the Pepsi. Right, right. And and I'm sure that you have all experienced heat like that. Mm-hmm. When it's, you're just listless and just don't want to have anything, you just just keep bringing me drinks. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he's, he's, our hero, David, is standing on the lakeshore behind his house and watching storm clouds and thinking that, you know, that'll blow over too. Storm clouds have blown up before this week and haven't done anything, but but here we are. But you know, of course, that's not <laughs> going to be the thing. It's it actually going to happen this way. time. <laughs> <laughs> and and with the storm is this strange, the, the, the fog starts coming in before. Like, right, everything or, just looks weird. Yeah, he keeps commenting about how the how the storm clouds look weird and how they look flat, but Mm -hmm. that they're, you know, but they look like storm clouds, but just 
weird. Yeah. So then the storm blows through overnight and tons of damage, knocks trees down, knocks the windows out, of course, you know, knocks the power out, knocks the phones out. All the things that, all the luxuries that we are used to having are now disrupted. And his son is, is about five years old and he's not getting too anxious about it until the thunder starts clapping really loud and everything starts getting closer. And then mom and dad are like, let's go downstairs in the basement. And then he's like, um, okay, something's going on. Right. Cause and it, then they grab the candles, but he's really good with the candle. Yeah. I like that. It describes that he's holding the candle. Like, you know, he's, he was meant to do that. Right. Right. And he's yeah. so careful with the candle. Like, yeah, he could be the the wildest child running around, but you give him a candle with a flame, and he he un- immediately understands the 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 magnitude yes. of him having an open fire in his yes. hand. Yeah, yes, yeah. So you know, of course, David is watching it, and he's lived there because his grandfather built this house, so he's lived there his whole life, and he knows that something st- there's just something strange about this. So he finally gets them all to the basement and, you know, he comments about the, that the storm is about three quarters of the way across the lake. Um, and they can hear it of course, but they can't, they're not seeing anything cause they're in the basement. And, and then they do hear a really loud sound. Oh my gosh. What was that sound? Oh, that was the boathouse. They, yeah. they know and immediately, immediately David knows Great. The, that tree, that damn tree that our neighbor, that damn tree that our neighbor never take care of, mm-hmm. it fell on our boathouse. You wait and see. And now, so then we're starting to get a picture of the neighbor. And just, just from this kind of information, we're, we're understanding this neighbor is kind of a pain in the butt. Yeah. Not a good neighbor. No. Not very neighborly. So, um... So then, you know, they go through the night, the rain blows, you know, the storm blows itself out and they get up the next morning to survey the damage. And mm-hmm. sure enough, the neighbor's dead tree has mm-hmm. fallen on the boathouse. And a tree in their yard went right through their picture window, destroying everything in his, he's an artist and it destroyed his studio. Mm-hmm. So now there's massive cleanup that's going to ensue. Yeah. So, you know, he being the homeowner and having to do the things he goes out and starts his, mm-hmm. you know, $79, uh, <laughs> K marked, uh, right. uh, chainsaw and is clearing his driveway. Yeah. And that chainsaw is dependable. Unlike <laughs> right. his neighbors, Mr. Lawyer, man, mm-hmm. he has a very high tech, you know, all the features, all the bells and whistles chainsaw, and he can't get it started. <laughs> And uses colorful words to tell you that. (laughs) And you know what? We all know a neighbor like that. Oh, yeah. And you know what? When he can't get his his chainsaw started, (laughs) we get a little giggle, right? Right. Because we're like, (laughs) that's what you get. That's what you get for being a jackass. (laughs) And and he goes over. David goes over to confront him. You know, um, your tree fell on my boathouse. I'm sure you know. Mm -hmm. And then the neighbor's already fit to be tied because a tree also fell on his gorgeous... Is it, it's it's a late um, well, no no what is it's a fifties uh, Thunderbird yes yes so that's a pretty car yeah. if you don't know what it looks like go look it up it's a pretty car um, and he had driven the his fancy car up 
1960 Thunderbird. Oh, yeah. Uh, in mint condition. And he had driven the fancy car up from the city for his, his little jaunt, and then mm-hmm. a tree fell on it. So what David shame. lives there, right? David right. lives there year-round. That's his home. But this this lawyer next door, Mr. Norton next door, he, he's, like, seasonal. Yep, he's a summer so guy. So he's just here for the summer. Loses loses his car in this storm. Mm-hmm. Can't get that fancy chainsaw started. And then he has the audacity to ask David to, if he could borrow his vehicle to take it to town. And hello. Right? I mean, <laughs> after all you've done. <laughs> sure, gonna get right on that. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, you know, being gracious, and, and I understand that New, New Englanders are this way, he offers to give him a ride. You can come yeah. in with us because we're going. Yeah. Which, you know, Knowing that's pretty that, gracious. That there's, a, there's a sordid history between the two, but David's willing to put that all aside and go, hey, let I'll just be the neighborly guy. I can give you a lift to town. Mm-hmm. So he, he puts a lot away. Throughout this whole story, he's able to push a lot of things aside to deal with the most important matter at hand. Right. And overlook a lot of the stuff that eventually becomes very petty. Right. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I think that that is a really good uh, trait in a person. To be able to put aside differences and take care of the big picture. Especially in a state of an emergency like this. Yeah. Yeah. Which ends up being a way worse emergency than what it seems in the beginning. Right. Right. Absolutely. You know, because in the beginning, we've got, you know, a bad summer storm, and we've all had those. I mean, you know, see June 8th in Evansville, Indiana. You can look at several years. (laughs) There's a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for some reason, on that day. Um, But anyway, they, they get together. They go into town. David doesn't particularly want to leave his wife at home, but yeah. she's like, "Shoo, go on. I'll work. I'll work on getting things cleaned up. You go get some essentials. Yeah, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Just do the things. You know, the, the, the thunderheads are all gone, but it left something behind. Something weird is starting to happen out there across the lake, and and it's 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 a very strange looking phenomenon." Right, yeah, he he says it kind of looks like fog, but it's not like any fog he's ever seen before. It's more like straight line all the way across. Yeah, he said it's very flat. Yes, and doesn't doesn't have a shimmer to it. Right, and doesn't have a a shadow of any kind, just, Mm, you know, very white and flat. Um, Which sounds super weird, but if you've ever uh been in the high plains when it rains like in the denver area when it rains we actually drove down the interstate next to a rainstorm like that it was yeah the craziest thing i've ever seen like on one side of the interstate on the northbound side of the interstate it was raining and we were on the southbound side and it was not we were watching it rain next to the road it was super creepy so i can see this in my head because you know having seen that in the past Totally crazy, but yeah. <laughs> weird. <laughs> Weather is weird. It, um, it de- definitely is. And that, that's what I like about this is, this is a story about something that absolutely, all these little pieces happened before in our lives. Exactly. We've all seen parts of these in our lives. Right. So We've all seen weird things. We've yeah. all seen weird weather patterns. We've all had storms happen. We've all had things knocked down. The chainsaw not working. The chainsaw <laughs> not working. 
the nasty neighbor. It's <laughs> th- those are all very real things. Yeah. So it's not like this story starts out and is is all like out in space and all kinds of weird alien stuff. It it doesn't come out like that. Yeah. It it comes out as guess what? Shit just shit just happened. And yeah. and this is all stuff we can relate to. Right. And I that's one of the things that has always been scary to me about Stephen King books mm-hmm. is he sets them in reality. Yeah. Now, the things that happen aren't necessarily reality or are super far-fetched, but the setting is real. The setting is you and your neighbor or yeah. the people across town or the weird lady that lives up the road. That this The settings and the characters are could be real people that you know. Yes. And yes. so I feel like that that is one of the things that he has always done well to make things scarier. Yeah. And, and, and he doesn't really have to describe... I mean, there's one character he describes a lot. Right. And that's okay. Because the right. rest of them, he just, they say a few things and, and we get who they are. Right. And, and I, one of the things that I've noticed over the years of reading the wall of books behind you, he, he doesn't describe the physical aspects of a lot of people in his books. He gives them names and may tell you yes. where they're from or what they're wearing. Yes. But he doesn't say, you know, well, he's got blonde hair and green eyes and he, you know, he now yeah. he does some. Yeah. But but not every but not single, every single character. Yeah. So he kind of leaves all of that to your brain. Yeah. What do you think David looks like, you yeah, know? Exactly. Do you think Billy looks like you know, your, your kid when he was five or whatever. So yeah, I, yeah. you can picture your own people in these parts. Mm-hmm. Even when he does describe the eye color of this one character, it, it, you see that person of who you see. Right. That has those that, eyes. That's how, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. As they're driving into town, of course, they're going around fallen trees and, and muck and all the things that happen. And, um, they try the car radio and none of the radio stations are working. And one of them is, he knows that the radio tower is where they just saw all that heavy misty fog weirdness. Yeah. And yeah, it's across the lake. Right. And he like, it's like that's files, weird that they're he files it away, but he doesn't like put two and two together right away, but he does acknowledge that that's unusual. They get to the the grocery store and he goes to make a phone call and mm-hmm. duh, of course the payphone <laughs> the payphone is also dead and then they go ahead which is which is we were talking about that the the landline mm-hmm. situation yeah the landline situation landlines are supposed to be able to be operational well maybe nowadays landlines are way more um, operational. Well, I used to have a landline up until like three years ago. Right. And anytime there was a storm or some kind of a power outage, we still had that landline. Right. You still had that landline. It was reliable. Yes. But probably, I mean, when he wrote this and probably the, you know, late seventies, mm-hmm. most of those phone lines were probably still above ground. True. So, so then, then they're so subject to all the weather too things too. upset about it. He's like, ah, stupid phone's down, dog on it. Right. Which is like, okay, well we tried that. Right. It didn't work. And it's not like, oh my gosh, that's super alarming. It's just daggone it. It didn't right. work. Right. It's just, um, 
I don't think he really expected it to work, but he was hoping. Right. right. <laughs> um, and then the, the, of course the power being out when they get to the store, the, the doors aren't working like mm-hmm. they normally do. And <laughs> right. I like the description of the person running <laughs> that just walked smack. right into him. Whap. <laughs> have you ever seen that happen? I have actually seen that happen to somebody and I just laughed. I felt you bad. Help it. I felt bad. Cause you know, but yeah. <laughs> You, you gotta, you gotta and, pay attention. And even the character laughed it off. Right. Like she's like, ah, oh, <laughs> that door, you know. So yeah. you get again, you get a sense of who that character is just by this one little moment of seeing this woman run smack into the door. Right. And and then blow it off, or at least yeah. be able to laugh at herself. Yeah. He sends Billy into the store with Mister Norton while he's trying to make the phone call, and then catches up with him in the store, and they're doing a little bit of shopping. Picking up the stuff off of mom's list. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the basics. Uh, some fruit and vegetables, because those things are going to go bad anyway. They might as well get them out of there and right. take them home to eat them. And just some staples. Um, the one thing that struck me as funny is uh, the Jello. I'm like, um, the refrigerator doesn't work. You don't yeah, need what are you Jello. Do with the jello? <laughs> what are you going to do with Jello? <laughs> Well, they're anticipating, oh, the power should be back on in about maybe three, four hours. Huh. Yeah. Maybe five or six <laughs> days. Who knows? <laughs> right. But, yeah, so the, the Jello struck me as funny because I'm like, mm, Jello doesn't work like that. <laughs> um, any comments about the, uh, I love this line, all of the new computerized NCRs were hooded. New. Oh, wow. Computerized. Yeah. Cash registers. Oh my gosh, um, that's that's so far back. I don't even remember that. Yeah, the <laughs> cashiers are adding things up manually. Oh uh, yeah, she's keeping the little. She's got a little tally and... sheet and collecting money, and yeah, I just <sighs> what a hassle. I mean, it could be done. Yeah, but man, what a hassle. She's got her calculator, keeping track of everybody's purchase, and then you've got lines that are just backed up like crazy, and you know when you get in those lines, you're like, ah, I'll just go to this other line, it's shorter. No, nope, nope. it's even longer. No, nope. you got two <laughs> options, way long or longer. That's yeah. it. Um, and, you know, that does, that stuff does take forever. You don't really think about it. But, you know, when you've got to, and I bet they've got a scale there, too, that they're weighing, oh, right. like, the produce, and then they're having to calculate that and then add that in. If oh, somebody's, you you've, you've seen those people. button on the calculator. And oh, you, you start, start all, all over. <laughs> and then you've got, you know, that one person that comes in and they've got 400 <laughs> items in their cart and it's mounted over the top because right. they're, you know, hoarding everything. I can't. And everybody's apparently buying bread because the bread racks are empty. So right. denuded <laughs> bread rack. And I, I, I don't know why that. I really want that to be a hashtag now. <laughs> well, there you go. That's your Shakespeare hashtag for next yeah. summer. We'll De-nuded figure it out. Bread rack. Denuded bread rack. bread rack. But yes, I mean, it's like a typical grocery store mm-hmm. when there's bad weather. You have yes. come in here. We have all gone into it. You know, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, you'd go in and you were lucky if there was a roll of toilet paper to buy. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was having people, because I didn't get out at the beginning because I I get sick very easily and I didn't want that. Uh, so anytime that anybody was said something about going out, I'm like, look and see if they've got any toilet paper. Bring me some. <laughs> and then we had friends who were like, I got some. And then we would just like pay them a little, you know, right, some for money a few for rolls. a few rolls. Yeah. yeah. 
So, you know, that's what I'm envisioning when I'm reading this is people just acting foolish because... They like, bought all the bread. I'm sure the eggs and milk are gone. And when he said that the <laughs> lunch meat's picked over, yeah. you know, stuff that you can keep in a cooler. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. And but, all oh those vacationers God. are there. And of mm-hmm. course, they, they just want picnic stuff. They just want the stuff that you can, you know, like you said, throw in a cooler, take it with you wherever you go. They don't want to have to cook things. Right. So the steak shelf is still pretty full. Unless they're going to grill. They're probably going to grill. Some of them, yeah. Yeah. But at any rate. But Jell-O. Nobody but, needs but Jell-O. But nobody, nobody needs Jell-O. <laughs> There's, there's no electricity. They don't eat jello. I love that you picked that out. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes sometimes as I'm rereading through these things, you because know, I read them in a different lens when I'm rereading them now to discuss yeah. them. So I look for weird little things like that because most people, I guarantee, would just read past that line and not think anything of it. Right. You didn't. I, I know. That's the thing. <laughs> I, I was reading so fast and I was like, I've got to slow down and go back and just absorb what's happening in this moment stop and just read that sentence and then feel that that thing that's happening and i had to do that right because it just read so like yep this happened that happened we went over here we did that yeah the, the bread rack was denuded you know whatever <laughs> right right um and a lot of times when i'm reading i'm actually listening so like if i'm in my car and listening to a book i'll be like hey siri make me a note <laughs> So That's that good. it makes me a note about it. And then I'll go back and, and look through my notes before we sit down to record. Hey, That's Siri, really make good. me a note. <laughs> so they mm-hmm. they get in line and some army guys come in mm-hmm. that are from working on something called the Arrowhead Project. That's about 30 miles away from where the, the grocery store where they are. And the, 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 the regulars, the... The people yeah, who live the there, they locals, thank you. Mm-hmm. They they know about this project, or they right. know of they the know project, of the project, but there's but rumors. They don't have yeah. any. Nobody really knows what's going on at that secret army base over there, right? Um, like they do, right? Um, <laughs> so so they're being the, these these soldiers are just they're stopping in. They got to grab something from the store. But they're and, 30 miles away from their base. Yeah, so what, so so what is what it that brought them there? out 30 miles? Because surely there's another grocery store Or the PX. Surely there's something on their base where they can at least yeah. get the essentials. Yeah. So, I don't know. But yeah. anyway, the soldiers are 30 miles away from where they're supposed to be. Um, so, may, you know, maybe they came down to help. Maybe, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of reasons why they could be there. But, but it's yeah, weird. Yeah, so right now we don't. No, none of us know. The characters don't know. No, nobody knows exactly why they're there. It's just like we met another. We made note. Right. They they've come into the store too. Yeah. They are in line waiting, and he says there's about thirty people in front of him, and he says one of them is Miss Carmody in her blazing yellow mm-hmm. pants suit. Mm-hmm. I can just see it. Yes. And and the fact that he continues to describe. This the yellow, yellow jumpsuit in various ways throughout this whole thing. <laughs> he, he does. He keeps bringing I, that he does. right back to your eyes. Right, right. Because you know that <laughs> this woman has got to stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and then there's then they hear sirens and they're like, well, you know, there's a lot. There's power lines down. It could be nothing. It's probably nothing. But Billy's starting to get mm-hmm. anxious. You know, is mommy okay? You know, yeah, is everything it's interesting okay? Because for a while there, he was like, no danger, no scare, no worry. And now he's sensing something. Right. So not and only did David get a weird feeling, now 
if his five-year-old son is picking up on some weird stuff. Right. Not from David, necessarily, I don't think. I mean, maybe, but not necessarily. Yeah. yeah. The That there are live lines down from the storm. And he said, then my disquiet had something to crystallize on. There were live lines down in our yard. So then now he's yeah. like, oh, wait a minute. They could be going to my house. Yeah, because the sirens went in that direction they they saw mm-hmm. what they they saw what a fire truck or they just heard sirens going that way going that way yeah and you know how sirens are you can kind of mm-hmm. tell where they're coming from where they're going to yeah. even then, if you can't necessarily see them yeah so and that then, made david a little bit more anxious right and everybody's already got a lot of reason to be anxious and mm-hmm. then this teenager runs in the door and is like, man, y'all ought to look at this fog. It's rolling right up the road. He, uh, David, leaves the line to go look at it. And Mr. Norton encourages Billy to go. And he says, no, Mm, absolutely not. No, 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 he is not going. Mm -mm, No. So there again, Mr. Norton just really feels like he could just tell anybody and everybody what to do. And right. You know, because I can't even imagine giving somebody else's kids directions like that you know that's just i don't know yeah but i I guess i'm weird about that. i guess he felt like it was okay because earlier david wanted him to hold his hand whenever they were right when they were going in the the store store. so now he's got some yeah i don't know he's now he's suddenly uncle norton right uncle brent uncle brent norton (laughs) no then uh mrs carmody cries out don't go out there she is well david has described her as a little bit crazy mm-hmm. from the beginning. Right. Because she owns the antique store and his wife right. goes there and he's yeah. already described her as a little bit crazy. And and she gets in people's heads. And, yeah. And, and even his wife was making mention of her early on, like like before the storm. Her, right. Well, Mrs. Carmody happened. said blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And he's so. like, why would she even care what she says? That's right. weird. So Mrs. Carmody... I mean, if we were going to play a character in a show, if we were going to, like, stay... Uh-huh. I, of course, want to go for that Oh, one. yeah, you would. I, I but, can see it, too. But, yeah, and I would absolutely find you the perfect yellow... <laughs> oh, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> suit. Um, yeah, she she's already in your head. Mm-hmm. Because of the way he's writing, what he's telling us about her, she's she's been there. Right. From early on in this, yeah. in Chapter 1, when he, he mentioned her. I think it was Chapter 1 or Chapter 2. Yeah, early. Yeah. But then, yeah, so then she's, like, screaming, don't go out there, don't go out there. It's death. I feel like it. It's death out there. Mm-hmm. So she's, you know, crazy. Right. But is she? Yeah, she, um, everybody dismisses her because they're like, oh, God, there's that. That, that crazy lady yeah. again. And and, and she's, she's a Bible thumper and that kind of thing. They're, in, in all the weird ways. Yeah, and, 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 in, and in David's perception of her that... Yeah, she she's not just a religious woman. She is like a everything fanatic. she does. Yeah, the, the, the scary kind. Yeah. Yes, the scary kind of fanatic. Yes. Like like she's one of those people that you could almost see leading a cult. Yeah, in her bright yellow pants. In her bright yellow pants. And pants that's suit. such a weird, <laughs> right? Uh, distortion of everything. But I think you said that once during misery. It's just it takes everything and just tilts it, and it's it's weird like that. But it. I mean, that's the uneasiness that, exactly. that it gives us. Yep. Ugh. Yep. Somebody, John Lee, something in the fog, something in the fog took John Lee. Well, yeah. Yeah, because there's another man that comes running in and his mm-hmm. nose is bleeding. And... Right. And he was with 
John Lee, yeah, and he's like, they hey, went out to look after right. the kids said this fog is weird. A couple of them went out to investigate because mm, you know do. they're guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then he comes running back in. It took whatever it was. Something took him. Right. So now everybody's freaked out, and the lines are breaking up, and everybody is like, mm-hmm. "What is going on?" And nobody wants to. And nobody wants to really leave. Everybody, no. and now here they are, trapped in the grocery store with all these people. You know, at least thirty people in line in front of him, right. plus whoever is in the other line. Um, yeah, and then the people that are still walking around in the aisles picking stuff out for the mm-hmm. cart. And then the there's the the store manager, whose only concern is that people are leaving the store with hot dog buns. Right. Like He's at, so at a time worried like about this, shoplifting. especially after somebody's coming in with their nose bleeding and there's a weird fog outside. Yeah. And you're worried about hot dog buns. <laughs> right? Again, we get this clear picture of this manager being with like just who his personality is. Not even like you said, like exactly what he looks like necessarily, but. We get the personality just like that. Right. And and you can picture the guy that is worried about that. Yes. Whatever in your mind he is, you can <laughs> see the guy that's that's more worried about, you know, 50 cent hot dog buns than right. what's going on and weirdness and the guy with the bloody nose and the screaming about taking somebody outside. And she said 50 cent hot dog buns. Man, those are the days. Right? <laughs> right? And they, ha- they may not have even been 50 cents in right. 1980. I don't know. I'm spitballing. I didn't grocery <laughs> shop in 1980. <laughs> I know. We didn't have to. <laughs> Somebody else did that for right. me. And then that, yeah, um, Billy gets really, really scared. I mean, there's yeah. a man with blood coming out of his nose. That's pretty darn scary for a kid. Right. And then people start yelling. And then there's some screaming. And then cussing starts happening and and that's when it's scary for billy because he could hear mr norton say bad words right nobody can hear mom and dad say bad words yeah but now this is weird all this stuff happening at once it's almost you can almost feel the sensation of the 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 deafening sound of everything going at once all these people talking at once and then cussing and then the yelling and then the fog and then the it's just mounting all of a sudden it's it's swelling up right and and you know, sound carries differently in the fog, too. So there's weirdness there, too, from the outside. But then they're looking, and he said, it came on. It came on, eating up the blue sky and the fresh black hot top with equal ease. Even 20 feet away, the line was perfectly clear. Like, perfectly straight, perfectly clear line. Mm -hmm. This side is the black top, and the sky and that side is the mist fog weirdness yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) so then then it turns into freaking i mean they're they're trapped in the grocery store now and we've got mrs carmody acting crazy and and yelling about it's death it's the end of the world it's judgment coming and you know, you've got every all these other people that are just scared and trying to figure out what's going on. And no power. The doors are not working like they're supposed to. So right. The only the only power they've got is from the generator, and that's just yes. to keep the refrigerators cold. And it's getting hot. It's inside getting hot there. inside, and there's lots of people, and nobody knows what's going on. And the manager's still yelling about the, people about walking people out. walking out. So there's people you got to pay for that. Some people are trying to walk out. Other people are like, oh, no, no, I am not going out there. Mm-hmm. Not in that. So 
there's already starting to be a divide of people that are like, I'm not dealing with this, I'm leaving. And then some people are like, uh -uh, I'm not, I'm not going to... out there. Yeah. Right. So that's already creating this tension of people that are dividing up to how they feel about this. Mm -hmm. Somebody, somebody pushes Mrs. Carmody and says, stop, just stop rapping that crazy bullshit. And then, then there was an earthquake, maybe question mark. Yeah, he says maybe so that was an earthquake and right. thumping loud thumps. It said that there was one nearby a few years ago. I mean, God, I can't even imagine being five and all of this going on. So now he's crying and screaming. He just wants to go home. It just got real scary real fast. We're we're no longer in just post storm cleanup, stock right. up kind of thing. We're now in something really damned weird is going on. Yeah. And that, that, that'll make some people start to panic mm -hmm. and it'll make other people suddenly go, okay, what do I need to do about this situation? So there's some people that instantly go calm and go, okay. And just take let's charge. Let's rationalize and... and figure this out. And then other people are starting that's to David. freak out. Yes. <laughs> David, David seems to He's try to those... keep level headed and cool. He's one of those people that you would like to have in charge in an emergency. Yes, <laughs> yes. But other people like Mr. Norton no. do not want that. They no. do not want David in charge. They, the, the store manager doesn't want anyone in charge but him. You know, the, there's some people that are just instantly will become either hotheads or the people that are like, I'm not going to listen to any kind of reasoning whatsoever. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And they become hardheaded. And that's <laughs> what makes a tragedy or a, 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 tense situation way worse. Yes. Yes. I mean, and then we get, you know, kind of, I don't know, Lord of the Flies things happening here. Yes. Everybody's breaking into their little groups and, and doing their, their own thing and, uh, sacrifices and craziness. And <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Um, so we, we get instantly Norton says, let's get out of here, David. So Norton's like, okay, I've had enough of this crap. I'm ready to just get out of here. Forget right. It. Let's go. Right. David's like, well, uh, whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> As much as I want to go home to my wife right now, I don't feel like something inside me is telling me don't do don't, go, don't out there. go out there. Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't Mrs. Carmody. No. It was she it was Billy really. It was Billy really. He says yeah. that's not regular fog, is it, Dad? Yeah. You know, a five-year-old. A, a five-year-old knows it. that this is not yeah. normal, and you know we've got the the hotshot lawyer who's like, let's just go home. Let's go out in this nonsense and go home. Yeah. Because he, he just, he's the kind of guy who doesn't, he doesn't want to deal with anything that's outside of his control. Yeah, and, and I think that he's one of those kind of people, and, and we find out into the story, that there's there are kinds of people who are not, won't believe anything that they can't put in their reality. Yes. It, they, they won't, they can't or won't believe in anything that they can't put in their reality. And to him, and this is yeah. outside of something he can even comprehend, so it's not real, right? And then you've got Mrs. Carmody on the other side, who's like, "The world is coming to an end. This is it. This is the final. The sky is falling. Yes. The sky is falling." She's <laughs> <laughs> <Chicken> good little. <laughs> well, in her, you know, and she's wearing a yellow, yellow pants. Suit. <laughs> oh. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> David takes Billy kind of back away from all the people back towards mm -hmm. like the meat counter that's always in the back of the store. And he can hear the generator and he hears that some, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound like it's running properly. Yeah. So being the take charge kind of guy it is, 
he goes in and turns the generator off because he can, once he gets in there, he can see that the exhaust is clogged and that right. the exhaust fumes are leaking into the building. Which so, is not good because the doors are shut. There's no air circulation. They're going to die. Pretty <laughs> you know, carbon monoxide, pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. So this just is just getting compounded little by little more problems that are just going to cause like the worst panic and havoc ever. Right. In like, but it's happening in like little teeny pieces that right. It's a like lot baby of people steps. aren't putting together yet. Right. It's like baby steps. No air conditioning. The refrigerators are off. <laughs> the doors won't open. Right. There's weird fog outside. Right. There's somebody coming in with a bloody nose saying something happened out there. There's already factions. You can already kind of see factions of people forming, you know, people who yes. don't believe, people who believe wackadoodle things, <laughs> and people who are just trying to take care of the, the business aspects of it. Yes. Take care of making sure we're safe, making sure we've got what we need to function until we figure out what's going on. The uh, store manager comes back there and a couple of other guys after he turns the generator off and like, you know, why'd you do that? Well, because... Yes. It was clogged, and um, then he hears something. He does. And everybody else is like, no, nah, man, you're losing your mind. Yeah, no, you're losing you your about? mind. You, you Crazy. Yeah. There's um, no way you heard anything. It's, I'm sure it was, you know, just, I don't know. They, your overheated imagination. Yeah. You're an, art, you're an artsy type. That's just your imagination. <laughs> he says it's a scraping noise. Slithery. And they're like, what? Are you, right. you, you're stupid. Are you on something? Are you high? <laughs> and, then, and then the one one of the guys that I think is pretty pretty level headed goes, eh, "It's just your nerves. You're you're just you're, you're thinking of things." And no, it's not. Yeah, I mean it just you know. And then he's like, "No, there's something out there. You guys saw what happened to the people who went out the door. That lady went out the door. What? Ha and she was gone. Yeah, you know, gone, gone. Right. Um, so there's something going on out there, and." You know, they want to turn the generator back on and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, man, it's, he's like, no, it's clogged. Yeah. So it's they, putting out all those it's fumes. putting all the fumes inside the building. Yeah. So they talk somebody into going out there to unclog the, the uh, exhaust vent for the generator. So they have to open the loading the, door. Yeah. And, so, and, and he's like, no, 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 you don't want to do that. I'm telling that. you what I heard was coming from outside that door. It was, it was. It was right the there, man. <laughs> right there. Don't go out there. Don't open the door. And, and the, the, the bag boy, just a kid. Just a kid, yeah. And he's like, oh, man, I'll, whatever. I'll, I got this. I'll do it. Yeah. Only no. Um, because then whatever David heard outside mm -hmm. in the mist mm -hmm. grabs him. Yeah. And woof. The, the way he described this tug of war between him and David and the, the kid and the tentacles outside. Right. Man, I was like, I was on the edge of my seat. He's, he, he just really gets your heart racing there. What's going to happen? Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. You know, and it probably took seconds, to, obviously it's several pages, but right. It's really intense and you want him to win. You don't want that kid to get drug out, but it's, yeah. it's crazy. This is like, one of the parts where I got to this and I was reading it and reading it and really fast. And I was like, whoa, 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 I need to slow this down because it was like, this happened, this happened, this happened, this one. 
hold on. Right. <laughs> hold on. Let me let me back away from this for a minute and I find that action sequences are faster to read for me yeah, too. They are. <laughs> they just well because you know, they're just they're just faster. They're yeah. they're exciting and so yeah. they go faster and yeah. It's But but the, the like you said, the detail that he described in here it, it makes you want to slow back down and just read one line and now feel that, see that. Because you do, you, you get you get the sensation of, of a cold sensation. Mm -hmm. the, the tendrils of mist coming in and it's like, yeah. oh, skin it's, crawling. Yes. And then he loses the battle with the tentacles and the tentacles pull the kid out and they get the garage door closed and it cuts off one of the tentacles inside. Yes. Yes. Ew. <laughs> one proof. Hello. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. what we always want when something weird like that happens, because nobody's gonna believe us. We're like, no, no, wait. You gotta see this for real. For real. Come here and look at this <laughs> right, right here. here. <laughs> right here. So he, Stephen, is writing this stuff in exactly the way we want it to happen. Mm -hmm. Like he's writing it. We're like, yes. Thank you for. Thank you. Right. Thank you for we, giving us some proof now. Yes. We, you, we forget that it's Stephen King writing a book and we're reading a book. It's like we're there and we're like, ah, ha, ha. There See, I, I wasn't losing my mind. I'm not crazy. It yes, wasn't stress. Yes. And you want uh, you want other people. Like you're just holding a book in your hand and you look behind you're like, yeah, I want you to see this. Right. You, right. you want to be right there and, and tell I'm going to read this part out loud to you. <laughs> yes. I want you to be here with me. Yeah. And that's, you know. It's that's, all we want is proof. That's why I've been a lifelong fan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he just, I get lost in the books. You know, when I, I finished um, the Dark Tower series and not really a spoiler, but kind of, I cried like a fool for an hour because it was just, I mean, but I had been reading it for since it, like 87 Wow. And the last one finally had come out and I finished it and I was, it was not the ending I expected, first of all. And I just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. And Kurt was like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm really not. <laughs> you know, because I'd been with those characters for 10,000 pages or something. Yeah. And so, you know, they're your friends. And even in this, yeah. you're like... <laughs> Even even these little these characters that he creates in the what ninety or a hundred pages of this story, yeah. you know, you're there with them. You want them to win. Yeah, you want you want people to believe David. Right. You want people to believe. You want people to listen. Yes. You want them to get out of this alive. Yes. And you want to slap some of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, most of them you want to get out of it alive. <laughs> yeah, most. <laughs> some of them you're like, man, here, here's her sacrifice. Yeah, you can do it. Go ahead and go. <laughs> Here's the door. <laughs> so David and his little team that he has had back there, they have a meeting next to the beer cooler where they all drink a beer and right. have and so their it's, meeting. It's, it's like all totally. Out. They're in a grocery store. This is the best place I love for a story because you're like, it's so conceivable because there's food, there's medical supplies, there's a bathroom, there... All the things that you would need to to wait out a storm. Well, in a grocery store in a tourist area. So there's right. also a grill and charcoal and t-shirts <laughs> and hats and whatever because and, it's in a, a touristy area. Yeah. So there's all those little incidentals too. So now you've really got everything you need to survive you for a do. few days. Well, 
Maybe except for certain, like, medical things. But yeah, but but you've at least got your ma- basic yeah. medical things, your basic yeah. first there's aid, you band aids, band aids. You probably got some gauze. Yeah, antiseptic wipes, right? Or something. Some, yeah. Well, they didn't have wipes back then. So Bactine. Was, yes. <laughs> Pour that alcohol in the isopropyl. No, no, the hydrochloride. Or Hydro- the uh, what is the, it? What was it? The the red stuff? Uh, Mercurochrome. <gasps> that they had Mercurochrome. <laughs> My grandma always put that on me. I was like, no, that's fire. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're in yeah. really the perfect spot yeah. to be trapped for a few days. Yeah. So, so a storm's coming. That's, I mean, it sucks that a storm's coming, but at least, you know, you're just like, man, I'm stressed. Let me crack open a beer. Right. So we're no, going to, the manager's gonna... like, I'm keeping tabs of that. And like, of course you are. <laughs> yes. Great. I'll give you my credit card number. Right. Checks in the mail. <laughs> you could actually say, put it on my tab at a grocery store. Right. But yeah, so they, they crack a beer and have a discussion about what they're going to do about this and who they're going to tell and how they're going to try to manage the information to make sure that they don't have, you know, a panic or a riot. Right. But that they are also making sure that everybody knows, don't go outside. <laughs> yes. Don't go outside. Which, Hey, just in case you hadn't heard, don't go outside. <laughs> so they, they decide, David decides to tell Norton, of all people. Right. Because I guess because he thinks, okay, let me think about this rationally. See, David likes to, let me just put my my differences aside and say, okay, look, if I'm going to tell anyone in this store, I believe I can trust him with this information that he's not going to like be like Mrs. Carmody and incite panic, like you said. Mm-hmm. So he chooses Norton to tell this to. Right. And this is when we find out for certain that Norton is not a guy who can deal with things that don't fit into his reality. Right. And so his reality is that this is this absolutely positively cannot be. You are lying. You are making things up. No. I deny my reality, your yes. reality, and insert my own here. And in my reality, this isn't happening. And he almost almost goes at it in a... Paranoid's not the right word. Um, but he almost... He comes at it like, no, really, you can stop with the joke now. It's not funny anymore. Right. And it's like, why would we play a joke on you? Yeah, right. What, what part of this <laughs> is humorous? <laughs> right, and... and do you think I've, I've been planning to, like, get you back? Ooh-hoo-hoo. You know, I don't know. Right. Like, it's, it's, it's weird that he that, that that's his reaction, but I, yeah. I think that that comes back to the I deny your reality and insert my own here. Yes. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't like your reality, so that's not mine. <laughs> right. Exactly. So um, that's terrible. So they finally go ahead and make a decision about who they're going to, uh, what they're going to tell and what they're going to share because everybody needs to know something, right. but they don't necessarily need to know everything. Mm-hmm. So because not everybody can handle this information. <laughs> right. So they, they kind of have a, a town hall kind of meeting. And of course, Mrs. Carmody is, doing her thing. It's the end, I tell you. It's the end of everything. The last times. The moving finger has writ, not in fire, but in lines of mist. And so she's got everybody freaking out. Tell her to shut up and leave us alone. And 
doing her thing. And, and, you know, the guys are trying, David is trying to keep things rational and make a plan so that they can have dinner, food, sleep, all the things yes. that you need, make a plan. I love the title of the next chapter. Further discussion, Mrs. Carmody, fortifications, and what happened to the Flat Earth Society. And that's that's Mr. Norton. It is. He's a flat earther. <laughs> he is. And and he he has people that also go along with that with him. Right. So he's got his own little entourage. It, and it was like a natural it was a natural division of people. Mm-hmm. People just n- naturally gravitated towards what the certain leaders that became apparent in all of this believed. Right. Right. So like David had the people that that were listening to him mm-hmm. and following him and, and trying to do the things to make it right. Yeah. And then, you know, Mr. Norton's got the people over there who are drinking beer and denying that this is happen- happening, yeah. you know, and, and Mrs. Carmody is putting together her little end of the world cult over there. So, yeah. So, it you is. know, for, it says the next four hours pass. So, I mean, we haven't even been here that long. We've only been here a couple of hours. Yeah. Um, and already it's been really weird and, and, Lots people of people are starting to divide up that quickly, right? That, that so people... I, that's what I mean. It's like Lord of the Flies in here. It's <laughs> yeah. when you don't have when things are not normal and cohesive, you get a lot of weirdness really, really fast. Yeah. Again, which makes this situation that Stephen King wrote so conceivable. Yes, so conceivable because, I mean. While the while the missed part is probably something. not, yeah, necessarily, but everything else, yes. you know, a group being trapped in a store like that's absolute. This is exactly yes. how it would go. Yes, that people would divide up that quickly, and and people would be more worried about the little petty things like, oh, you're drinking beer, you didn't pay for that, or mm-hmm. you're you're on the clock, you you didn't you should be drinking beer, right? Like right now, who cares? But there there will be those people. The few of the guys have seen this weird tentacle, mm-hmm. and they're thinking about the fact that they're in a grocery store, which in a lot of ways is great, except that, yeah. you know, the entire front of the store is a plate glass window. Yeah. And then that's a sudden realization that even if we're reading along, and it's like the plate glass window across the whole front of the store, we're like, oh, yeah. oh crap. <laughs> so, yeah, then you're like, oh, my God, now what are they going to do? <laughs> I know. And even, even, even if... Like, you pictured the store when you're driving up. You picture the store. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hit you until that moment when he's talking about that. And you're like, oh, yeah, oh, that's how the store would have been built. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm panicking. And yes. I'm just reading the damn and I'm just, thing. And I'm not even there. Yeah. <laughs> so they take... Oh, I, I have to say this one part. In the faded, dismal light, she was witch-like in her blazing canary pants, her <laughs> yes. bright rayon blouse. I love that. I love the way he describes her. It's so funny. And her clacking of junk jewelry. Yeah. I, I know you can all picture her. Mm-hmm. So With they... Her thyroidal purse. Right? Just... <laughs> I don't know. Ugh. Ugh. Fertilizer. That's the what they use. They use bags of, like, fertilizer mm-hmm. and potting soil to block the windows yeah start stacking it start up stacking to... it up to block the windows and and they're like okay great let's do that and then you know maybe the fog fog will blow over in a few hours and <laughs> i like the where they talk about he says david says okay 
What are we going to do about those windows? The old lady may be crazy as a bed bug, but she could be right about something moving around over by dark, over, in after dark. Mm-hmm. And somebody's like, no, 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 the fog will blow over by then. Maybe, but maybe not. So let's prepare for the worst. Yeah. Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. So now, now other people are starting, not necessarily to follow everything she's saying, but they're like, well, you know, I mean, logically speaking... That's when things do come out. Right. In the dark. In the dark, yeah. When you can't see them. Right. There so are, it's not hunters. necessarily irrational. She's being irrational about it, but what she's saying is not necessarily irrational. Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't, none of it is making, I mean, it's it's not really making sense, but it's like, well, let's prepare anyway. We'll just prepare anyway. Right. We don't know, we don't know what we're dealing with here. It's not going to hurt to be prepared. Yeah, even though there's like, no idea what first of all they the few people who saw the tentacle know something is something out is out there right and so when they start stacking this stuff up then the other people are like okay um you guys are kind of scaring me now because you're stacking this stuff up so what they have no concept of what those people saw in that and, tentacle right and all because the, they the yeah tentacle that was as large as a what do you say as big as a or something yeah he said it was like so. a foot across and just gross <laughs> yeah. and so yeah in in an effort to protect them they have not given them all of the information right just They're to just know like, trust yeah. us we just know trust right something needs we need to be careful we need to be careful and watchful right then they ask around so they've got the fortifications put in place they've got the the bags in front of the window then they're like okay so now the next step of preparing for worst case scenario is do we have any firearms and (laughs) we're in new england not wyoming you know uh, i can imagine you know somewhere where uh, you're talking like the the open open ranges where there's large wild animals right and and it's not necessarily like that over here in new england no no. So there was exactly one person with a firearm. Right. <laughs> but fortunately, she had a box of shells with her, too, which I, frankly, found a little weird. It, but Yeah. Because, I mean, she didn't have the gun loaded. But, but she had a box of shells in her bag. Yeah. Not like one or two. A whole box. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. But, okay. <laughs> but suspension of disbelief. Right. And and she did claim that she didn't really like, she did never really used it except once on the range to learn how to use it. Right. So maybe she, that she just thought she was doing right. I don't know. Yeah. He handed her the stuff. She was like, okay, I'll just stick it in my bag. Right. In case I ever need it. <laughs> so she gives that over so that they've got, you know, at least one firearm. And they thought they might have had some blow torches, but they got sent back to the, manu- to the yeah. distributor because they weren't selling. Yes. Yeah, so of all things... That got shipped back. And In now, a timely fashion. <laughs> they could absolutely use them now. Right. <laughs> Everything this grocery store has, except something that would be perfectly useful. Right. But obviously they've never lit hairspray cans. <laughs> right. The Aquanet. <laughs> there should be cans and cans of Aquanet. Exactly. And lighters. And lighters. Tons sure, of lighters. Tons of lighters. Because, you know, this is <laughs> the late 70s or early 80s. You could buy cigarettes and lighters at the grocery store. Yes, and it's right there, uh, not behind the special counter where you have to show ID and everything. It's right it's there. It's just right there on the wall. You just go over and get it. Get I know. It. I used to go buy cigarettes for my grandmother. You know, they knew who I was. They knew who she was. She'd be yeah. like, here's the money. Go buy me a pack of cigarettes. And I would. I was a kid. Yeah. You know, six, seven, eight years old. They didn't care. Nope. Premature night. 
because now they've got the windows blocked and right. the weird misty fog that has blocked out the natural light. And they find one of Billy's regular babysitters in the store. So now yeah. David has somebody else who Billy is comfortable with to help him. Yeah. Um, but because he's been leaving him to go take care of things and Billy's been panicky. Yeah. So then, of course, you know, we've got the people who want to leave and, you know, they're like, what are you going to do? Restrain us? No, no, we're not. We're just going to advise that you should not do that. But if you're going to, here, let's tie a rope around you so that we know at least how far you got. Yeah. You know, we'll know that you at least got to 300 feet because they found a clothesline that was 300 feet of clothesline. That was a really good it's idea. It's a great idea, you know. Okay, well, if you can make it to your car, then we'll at least have a, a concept. If you make it yeah. to the 300 feet, we all know where we were parked in the parking lot. Yeah. We'll and know how far we can get. it's not a huge parking lot. Right. I mean, Because it's a small town. town. Yeah. Right. So I'm thinking like an IGA parking lot. You can make it just about to the end of the lot. Right. So... If they could make it to their car, then more people would be ready to bolt to their car. Exactly. Exactly. You know, they say, you know, good luck. You know, they wish them good luck and say, we'll send help back. And oh, yeah. Norton didn't want the clothesline. Right. He David asked him, Norton, would you mind, would you just do this for us? Give us a little bit of, you know. Something. Yeah. Information. It, help us gather some information. Exactly. You know, being a lawyer, he should have been like all for that. But no. That means someone else telling him what to do, and he doesn't like it. And again, it means that there's something out there that cannot possibly exist in his reality. Very true. Or potentially something out there that cannot exist in his reality. So complete denial is what he goes by. Exactly. So one of the other guys in his group says, yeah, yeah, I'll take the rope. And so they, uh, they tie it around his waist and then start feeding it out. The, the way he describes that. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. You know, you can just see the rope pulling through his hands and, and giving him that little bit of rope burn. Yes. And then the howl was abruptly cut off. Mm -hmm. So they pull the rope back in. And it's bloody at the end. Ew. Yeah, that, that's enough for... If you weren't panicking before, now is the time to panic because the people who didn't see the tentacles saw this. Right, right. And, you know, of course, this gives Mrs. Carmody more ammunition. And then more see, people it's believe death out her. And then more people believe her. So now, Ugh. yeah. No one contradicted Mrs. Carmody. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the scariest thing so far. Right. Right. Nobody corrected the crazy cult lady. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so far, what we've learned from this is that humans are the ones to be afraid of because of the persuasion. Yeah. And and not and necessarily what the, the, the outside source is that's giving us a little bit of anxiety or making us but uneasy. How, but how uh, large groups of people react to it. Yeah. And the... What's the word I'm looking for? Mm-hmm charisma of somebody that you know people just blow her off as the crazy lady mm -hmm. in town but she's got a charisma about her because she's already attracting a group of people to be with her mm -hmm. even though she's perceived as being the crazy lady in town she's still drawing people to her 
and yeah. and there's there's and and again that's why I come back to I feel like she's one of those people that could be a cult leader. Yeah. Because even though she's weird and eccentric, she's got a charisma about her, and that's something that I I love cult documentaries and so all but that's what all of them have in common right is that the whoever the founder or leaders are have got this weird charisma that attracts people to them even though what they're doing may seem weird so so if you're on the outside of it you're looking at that and going no thank you i don't want any part of that right but, but if you've somehow gotten, if you've gotten if, turned inside and you're right, in now in, yeah like i mean Scientology and, and I, right. I mean, um, the fundamentalist Mormons, yes. not all of them, but the, the, the really the, yeah. extreme ones and, you know, uh, Jonestown. Right. You know, all, I mean, that's Waco, Waco. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, but that's, yeah. that's what I, that's how I envision her. She, in another, given another form, um, area forum, that's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, given another forum, she'd be a cult leader. So we would be looking at her going, no, thanks. We don't want any part of that. Right. But we're not completely, we're susceptible to, to falling in line with that. Even though we think we absolutely would not. Right. Something but happens. Something <laughs> happens. Because, you know, you see really smart people mm-hmm. land in cults and you're like, how can they not see that that's what's going on? Right. <sighs> but yeah, but that's, that's, that's her. So we've got, it's overnight now. Yeah. Um, they, the, the, the butcher has cooked up some chicken for everybody and everybody's had something to eat and now people are dozing off and getting some sleep. You know, and, and, and as it should be. I mean, this right. is, this, this should be how it is. And then people watching guard through the, through the they left little peepholes right. in the bags so people right. could so they watch. Could watch. And then somebody decides they can see something through it. They can't tell what it is, but they can see something through it. So one of one of them, Ollie, Ollie took the gun and tapped the barrel of the gun on the window. Like, hello, why why are you doing that? Why are you making why are you making it's, noise so that they noise. notice you? Exactly. Hello. So the the uh, something breaks the window and gets inside. Right. And I mean, it's like nothing anybody's ever seen before. No, it's, it's, it's way bigger than like your average bug. Right. Or something. Or maybe like with flapping leathery wings and reddish mm-hmm. eyes and albino body. Is it, you know, maybe bat like sort of, but it's not a bat cause they don't describe it as a bat. And I'm sure right. that they've all seen those. You know, so they they try to burn it and then realize that that's a bad idea because they could spill lighter fluid all over the floor and catch things on fire. Bad. <laughs> right. Yeah, they... they, they... It was a good idea in Don't concept. Bad idea open. in practice. <laughs> it was maybe two feet long. Yeah, so it was big. So imagine something that you've never seen before that that, that big. Maybe sort of bat-like, sort mm-hmm. of bird-like. It's flying and it's got leathery yeah. wings, so... And it's... In the space now where, where everyone was safe inside, now they're not safe inside. There's something in there with them. Right. Ooh, bulbous eyes that peered in two different directions. Yeah. Ugh. Ew. Gross. Ugh. I don't even like that in the things that I see today. I know. <laughs> so, you know, they patched the window because somebody was dumb. They uh, 
We're covering people up with ship, shipping pads. Um, yeah, trying to make and warm. Just trying to, to just trying to make people comfortable. And it says, uh, as the bird came, uh, he's David's having a dream. And as the bird came to gobble up my wife and son, the sinister voice began to whisper over and over and over again, the Arrowhead Project, the Arrowhead Project, the Arrowhead Project. So they're finally kind of saying, I want, maybe this is attached to what's going on up there that we mm -hmm. don't know anything about. Yeah, that's his, his subconscious is, is telling him. Mm -hmm. Because one, he saw the army guys. Right. Two, he knows of the, the Arrowhead, he knows he knows that it project. exists. Yes. And he knows that they're doing something weird. Yeah, because they won't say anything to anyone. It's all top secret. Right. So he can't rest. Even though he's trying to sleep, he, he can't, can't rest. rest. Right. He can't turn his brain off, which is perfectly understandable. Yeah. So then... Oh, wait. This, this oh. next part, this... He's been eyeing this Amanda. And oh, yeah. She's the one that, that Stephen King describes her eyes as these brilliant green eyes mm -hmm. right and so that's something that david latches onto like like he remembers that of right. anything else he remembers that he remembers her how eyes. striking her eyes were yeah. yeah and now he's looking at her mm -hmm. <laughs> in a way and i'm like really yeah i mean it, it hasn't even been, been 24 long? hours man i, I know right <laughs> and, and, but again it's like people act like when something like this is weird is happening like that they act outside of their normal patterns. Yeah. And all through all of this, crazy Mrs. Carmody is mm -hmm. the end of the world, the end of the world. And whether you believe or actively believe it or not, that gets in your head. Yeah. You know, we may not get out of this. Yeah. And then that's how people end up getting sucked into this cult stuff mm -hmm. is because they're like, okay, that's what she said now is making sense from... That's plausible. She said that earlier. Right. And it's happening now. Right. Oh, now she said that, and now that's happening. It's all the little pieces start to fit, mm -hmm. even though they don't. <laughs> right, even though pretty knows that she's just a little off her rocker, but kind of what she's saying sort of makes sense now because they're yeah. seeing weird things that they don't understand. And they want a reason for it, and she's giving that reason. And, yep. and they're like, eventually they stop trying to fight it, and they just go with it. Right. Ugh. Right. Yeah. Weird. But then, yeah. So he behaves inappropriately with. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, again, I'm like, it's been 24. It hasn't even been 24 hours yet, man. <laughs> and, and while this, while Stephen doesn't write this very, I mean, he writes some, de some detail, right. but not like super graphic. Right. But even then we're kind of like, we're watching them. Through, right. Through the crack in the door. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this? Why are you? It, but. So anyway, <laughs> early the next morning, like super early, says like four, around four o'clock, David and Ollie, or Ollie goes to the back and then comes and gets David to show him what he found. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what he found is the soldiers have hung themselves in the storage room. So now we're going to come mm -hmm. back to the Arrowhead Project. Yes. They know, the soldiers knew something. They knew something. And they couldn't live with whatever they knew about that project. They could not live with themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, this, this whole description of this, I mean, 
you you almost have to have seen someone hanging mm-hmm. to know what how to describe this. Yeah. That's scary. It is scary. Because it is scary. I, while I thank goodness have never seen it, I know people who have. Mm-hmm. And and this kind of stuff this I mean it's like what kind of a life has he led that like does he consult with people? I you know, I, I have to think that there are me. some things that he, he has to consult on. Yeah. I know that there are some things, a lot of things that he's also written from personal experience and, and knowledge, but surely mm. he has to consult on some things, but who knows? Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is this this is tormenting. Mm-hmm. Whew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this part the describing it and and the fact that Ollie and David are discussing this I mean this is this is a this is is this part pivotal is this I think it is I think this is kind of a, a turning point for them they're like this is re- we've got to figure out we've got to take action mm-hmm. we can't just sit here cuz it's bad enough that these guys who actually know something have killed themselves so right. we need to take some kind of action we can't just sit here and wait for it to blow over yeah. Yeah, this it's not going to blow over something really really devastating is going on. Right. And these these are just they're just kids. And then Ollie says there were kids in Nam who used to take ears. Mhm. As trophies. It's it's Stephen King does a lot of research mm-hmm. and has had well, a very uh I don't know, eventful well, and while he wasn't there, while he didn't go to Vietnam because he was in college and then married and had young kids, um, I bet he had friends that did. And to to just know that kind of thing, or, mm-hmm. or maybe, or maybe that never, maybe that didn't really happen. But guess what? I'm sucked in, right? And I'm absolutely, believing, I believe that. I'm just I, like, I believe it's plausible. I'm believing the just like those people believe Mrs. Carmody. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this and going, "Oh my God, that really happened." I don't know if it really did. I don't know either. <laughs> no. But it's plausible. Yes. So. And and that's how you get sucked into things. And sometimes you get in so deep so fast and you don't realize it. Yep. So just, I don't want to Google that and find out, you know. <laughs> I mean, but, I probably will later. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. You let me know. I, I'll let you know. I don't because know if my search history should I mean, handle that. You know. I, since since I'm one of those people that does things like this, and, and I, I think I can probably get away with a weird okay. search history. You know, it's kind of like writers getting away yes. with really weird search histories. Yeah, we um, and of course, this that. is all pre Google, so right. You know, and that's that's the thing you can he can get it all verbally mm-hmm. from someone, and not like have like Google uh, going. Right. Oh, really? What are you looking up that for, huh? Right. Exactly. Oof. Ugh. <sighs> <sighs> Okay, I'm good now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they they cut them down and hide them because they don't mm-hmm. want anybody else to see that. You know, That's they, another... they're trying really hard to protect their their little village. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, they put bags of dog food and cleaning, so like, laundry detergent. And, yeah, and, stuff that they're yeah. not likely to need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they're like, it sounded big. Whatever it was, it sounded big. And they, you know, but then they're like, well, why didn't we hear, 
hear cars getting torn up and right you know why didn't we hear more it, we should you should have heard cars being crushed or thrown or buildings glass being broken none of that nothing right. just the the guy at the end of the rope disappearing and something that sounded really big yeah Ugh. so it's becoming daylight they think that the worst of it is over for the night mm -hmm. they're, they're, they know that there's still something out there but they feel like the those things that were crawling on the windows and bursting through are are probably gone because yeah. they weren't there during the daylight yesterday right so why would they be there during the daylight today right so they decide to go to the pharmacy next door mm -hmm. to check out what's happening over there and to see if there are other people over right. there and maybe get some supplies and and whatever so because it's awfully funny that no one came running over to the grocery store from the pharmacy because there right. had to have been people there there had to have been people there and you would think that where all the food is is where they would go but no one came over right so, so let's go investigate and see if there are people right. over there that we need to bring back and feed or what yes. we need to do people you know but even trapped. right yeah. right so they get uh, an expedition Which, together of seven people. That would take a lot of guts to it do. It would. I mean, after, you know, watching the, the bag boy get ripped out of the mm -hmm. back and they know that that other group all got something. Yeah. They're gone. Something. <laughs> something. Yeah. There's, there was blood and they're gone, um, whether they got taken or eaten or whatever. And, and they, they refer to them as the bugs are gone. The bugs. Because yeah. what else do you call it? Right. I mean, you got to, your brain is going to categorize it yes. into something. <laughs> so then they start gathering a, a team mm -hmm. of people to go to the pharmacy. And of course, Billy doesn't want his dad to go. No, right. no, no, don't no. go, don't go. The and bugs will get you. Very whatever. reasonably so. Yeah. So he has to convince him. I'll, I tell you what, I'll bring you back a comic book. Okay. Right. Is that, and kind of like calming him. Right. But also comment himself. And he's like, it's fine. I'll just... It's fine. I'm just going to the drugstore. I'll yeah. pick up some comics okay. and it'll be fine. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> Seven of them went mm -hmm. with David in the back of the group. So when they get over there, the drugstore door is open. Which is alarm number one. <laughs> right. Well, but then they were like... Then David mentions, oh no, I remember seeing it propped open when I got here yesterday because the air conditioning was out. Right. But then he gets to the door... And he says a man in a marine, maroon t-shirt lay face down in the doorway. Or at least I thought the t-shirt was maroon. But then I saw white patches at the bottom and understood that at one point it had been white. So it wasn't a maroon shirt. So it shirt. wasn't. And they, so that was the first clue that they were walking into a mess. And basically everybody in the drugstore was dead and the drugstore was wrecked. And there were very thick strings or thin cables mm -hmm. hanging everywhere. And Mike, one of the guys in the group, asked what it was. And David was like, oh, no. Oh, no. The people had been un unlucky enough to be in the pharmacy when the mist came. The people had been unlucky enough to get smelled out. Because All of a sudden, door. he figures it out. And he's like, out, get out, get out. They're spider webs. But they don't realize how awful these spider webs are. They're not right. your they're everyday spiderwebs. They're not just web. typical spider webs. So as they get turn around to go back, 
one of the guys, it says, um, it sounded like a bullwhip. And I can see when it twisted around the thigh of Buddy's jeans. So we had seven. Now we have six. Mm -hmm. Because it, 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 it burned right through. Yeah, it's, it was sinking into his flesh. The leg of his jeans had been neatly cut off. The neat circular incision of his flesh was brimming with blood as the cable went deeper. So, ooh, it's cutting his leg off. Right. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah. And if it's around the thigh, that's, that's right. That's the femoral We're... artery, yeah. and he's, yeah, uh. there's literally nothing they can do for it. See, again, another thing about knowing what you're writing about. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This is something I aspire to do, but he's he's got it. <laughs> Yeah, and again, that's what makes him so terrifying. So, Buddy's gone. So that's one. And then Mrs. Repler, who, she's a badass. Yes. I like her. I do too. She's got a tennis racket. <laughs> she's using a tennis racket as a weapon. I actually see one of our theater friends. Bonnie? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I can see her. Yeah. I can 100% see that. She's got uh, her tennis racket and her mm -hmm. bug spray, and she's just, yeah. she's going to battle. She is not, <laughs> not about getting taken. Mm -mm. So it says, as we reached the indoor, a small spider, no bigger than a cocker spaniel puppy, raced out of the fog and alongside of the building. Yeah. Seven had gone out and three had come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and Mrs. Rappler. The dirty yes. bastard snatched my grocery basket. With <laughs> her cans yes. of raid in it. Right? Right? Uh, so, yeah. yeah she, so that she's was feisty. Yes, feisty is. Absolutely. And yes, I can absolutely see that. 100%. I can also see sh that being Sharon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, that's, that's some good stuff. There's yeah. plenty to play with there. There is. Yeah. So, now they're back the second night yeah. they're trying to they they know now that there's nothing that can be done they're either gonna be trapped in here forever and die or right. they've got to try to get out right it's it's coming down to the, the the point where they have to make a decision yeah and nobody wants to die inside the grocery store right now it's time to make a run for it <laughs> yeah so now mrs carmody's got a dozen people uh -huh. in her little culty group yes. going on the more that the more that happens to people the, the more, more people, people she gets, gets. Yeah. yeah and then mm -hmm. and she and they say she never shuts up it's like those 10-hour speeches castro used to make <laughs> so she's basically yeah. talked the whole time and they say she's got the filibuster she mm -hmm. she she could do that and you know so they're they're investigating and making a list of who's there and what's going on and they found several other people who have committed suicides, mm. taken pills. So they, you know, they've tried to discreetly take them to the back and, and get them to where yeah. they're not just where everybody, can, which is, again, they're trying to keep people from panicking. So you think not only is it hot inside there, mm -hmm. the air is stagnant. The, the generator has been turned off. So the things in the refrigerators are starting to go bad. Mm -hmm. Now you've got dead bodies yep. in the back decomposing. Yeah. So this is definitely not a place they're going to want to be much longer. No, it is. It's going to be toxic mm -hmm. real soon. So David talks to Ollie and 
they they determine that they're going to try to get to David's truck, his Bronco, mm-hmm. and go south. They're, they're pretty sure that whatever is out there is attracted to sound and smell, but mm-hmm. mostly smell. Yeah. They don't know for sure. They're, yeah. they're guessing, but they think that, so they're going to try to get in the truck, get the doors closed, and, and just take off. So they... Uh, and they want to go south because north is Arrowhead. Right. They want to go away from what they are assuming is the origination point. So they've got Amanda and Mrs. Terman, who's Billy's babysitter, and Billy and Ollie and David and... Uh, and Mrs. Repler. And Mrs. Repler. And then there's a, another guy. Yeah. One that they just recently started talking to. Whose name is gone from my brain. I, same. It starts with a C, I think. But they're planning on taking off. They've already started making their plans. They've started grabbing some groceries and some other And stashing them by the outdoor so that on their way out they can just grab up the bags and go. They decide to leave, like, right before daybreak. Like, yes. Or, like, just as it's it's starting to get a little bit light. So, so they that... can avoid the night creatures, mm-hmm. whatever they were. Yeah. Cornell. Yes, Cornell. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So just as they start to get to the door, to get out the door, mm-hmm. of course, Mrs. Carmody has seen them because for some reason she can see everything and it's super, I guess but, she's just yeah. positioned herself in a way that she can see everything. And they said like, does she ever sleep? Right. <laughs> How does right. she keep getting in? Uh, How getting does she know everything? everything? Yeah. Right. So she, she thinks that. They need a blood sacrifice to get rid of this. Right. Which, cult. <laughs> right? Here we go again. They they have a plan. They're like, you grab the grocery, you grab the grocery bag, you grab a grocery bag. I'm going to carry Billy. We're going to get in, you know, the driver's side door and the driver's side back door. Open them at the same side. Everybody get in and slide across and close the door. So that's the plan. They're just going to make a break for it. And, of course, she's she's going to try to block them and, and get people to attack them. and get people to attack them. And they're like, she, so he's like, we just want to leave. We haven't interfered with you. Leave us alone. Right. Oh, but she won't. She just won't. She just won't. She just won't. A shot rang out, had the gun. He shot a warning shot. And then, uh, and then they went. Wait, before they before they went, guess what happened to Mrs. Carmody? Mm-hmm. It's the the shot. It says uh, Mrs. Carmody still stood at the head of the checkout lane. Both of her liver spotted hands were clasped over her stomach. Blood poured out between her fingers and splashed her yellow slacks. Then she says her dying words were, "You will all die out there." Mm-hmm. And then that makes you wonder what happened to those people. It's like the spell was broken from those people. Right. It says they start backing away, spreading out. Their focus is broken. Mm-hmm. They're no longer under her spell, her 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 witchly power, which she keeps calling her a witch earlier. Right. right. She had them under such control. And now they're like, whoa, what is happening? Right. So they head out the door. Mm. It was Ollie that... Shot her, not David, because David had groceries. And Ollie had, was a... Um, was one of the store managers. And he was a sharpshooter, I believe. And he was a sharpshooter, mm-hmm. yep. 
<laughs> and the things that they saw, they saw mm -hmm. something with a huge claw coming at them. Like a giant lobster. Yeah. Red like a the angry color of a cooked lobster. Making a low grunting sound, not much different from when we had that what we had heard after Norton and his little band of flat earthers went out. Mm -hmm. And it got Ollie. It got Ollie. <sighs> so now more people, one by one, mm -hmm. disappearing. Yeah. Being 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 killed right in front of this poor child is right. seeing all of this. And, and, you know, and then David's like, it was an instant of choices. Maybe I need to just go back in the market with my son, mm. or maybe I need to try to get out. So they obviously kept going towards the truck. They made the decision to keep going towards the truck. And uh, something got Amanda. Something got Mrs. Thurman. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, something got Mrs. Thurman, not Amanda. So Amanda made it to the truck. Billy got in the truck. Mrs. Repler got in the truck. Then David said half-stepped, half-leaned out, and got the gun. Right. So he'd have the gun. And Cornell ran back to and the Cornell building. And Cornell ran back to the building. He so made his choice. You, you, don't know which, you don't know if you're safer in the building or if you're safer in your vehicle. Right. At this point, nobody knows where they're safe. Exactly. Again. Again, it's worse now. But they've, but you know, they've made the decision that they've got to try to get out. They get in the car and they head out and they head south. And so now he says, now, as I sit in the Howard Johnson's near exit three of the main turnpike, writing all of this down. Right. So he's, this is all like a journal entry for somebody to come along and find. Exactly. That, that messed me up when I got to that point. Mm-hmm. When I'm when I'm reading this and I'm like, oh, what would we do? What what would any of us do? Right. I mean, we're we're there. We're just at this point where. <laughs> what happens next? And then they raid inside a hotel. Right. Where again, there's a. Because night's coming and it's gonna be yeah. there's doors. It's gonna be safe. Doors. It's a hotel. It's a Howard Johnson, so there's, there's probably food. food. Yeah. You know, Howard Johnson in the '80s. There's a restaurant attached to it. Yeah. So there's food to eat. He knows how much gas he's got and how much further they can get. Right. So he's trying to, to make a plan. And, you know, he tried the radio. He tried all the things. And he did... Did he think he heard something? Yeah. He said, in the manager's apartment, I found a large battery-operated multiband radio. Uh, from the back of a flat antenna wire led out through the window. I turned it on and switched over to battery, fiddled with the tuning dial, with the squelch knob, and got nothing but static or dead silence. And then, at the very far end of the AM band, just as I was reaching for the knob to turn it off, I thought I, I, thought I heard, or dreamed I heard, mm -hmm. one single word. There was no more. I listened for an hour, but there was no more. One word. If I really heard it. I'm going to bed now, but first I'm going to kiss my son and whisper two words in his ear. Against the dream that may come, you know. Two words sound a little bit alike. One of them is Hartford, the other is Hope. And so we'd never know nope. what he heard. Nope. And we never know if he got out. We, yeah, he just, he just leaves us hanging. So you get to make your own decision about whether or not they got out or not. And where did I read 
where did I read something that said that oh it's it's about the Alfred Hitchcock ending by which he meant a conclusion and ambiguity that allowed the reader or viewer to make up his own mind about how things ended mm -hmm. my father had nothing but contempt for such stories saying they were cheap shots do you think that's a little bit of a like autobiographical reference um no he never really knew his father his dad left his mom and him and his brother when he was two. Ouch. So he never really knew his father. Um, but maybe a father figure. Yeah. Yeah. But but I, I think our generation might like this because we had the stories where you could choose, choose your own, your own adventure. adventure. Mm -hmm. And so that falls in line with that. You yeah. Know, we, could, we get to say, ooh, I think he did this or I think he did that. Right. So we, we like that kind of stuff. I do. I do like that kind of ending. But I'll also tell you that if you go home and watch the movie now, mm -hmm. that the movie ending is different than the book ending. It is. It, it gives you something. It gives you a, <laughs> it gives you a finale. Like it or not, mm -hmm. it gives you an ending. And I'm not going to tell you. Right. <laughs> but it is different from the book. And uh, you should watch that. And then we can talk about that. So I will do that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it had been a while since I read this story. Yeah. So I was really glad you picked it. Yeah. I mean, cause I'd read it. I've read it several times, but it had been a while. So as I sat down this week and reading it, I was like, man, this is a great, why haven't I read this more recently? And, and you know, it was not obviously not my first time, but being able to, to kind of re-experience it and, and to get your first time experience and how it, it grabbed you and, and gripped you that's what this is all about <laughs> yeah, um, the, this this story it spoke to me even right from the very beginning like I said it's it was just this is what happened mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like I'm, I'm ready to go and we just hopped in and we went <laughs> yeah and it and it was it was like a, a out of control race car Mm -hmm. It just went so fast. It did. It did. And I've, I've been through it twice now because I had to slow down and go, wait, wait, what I'm, it feels, it feels like I, I missed like a whole three hours and I'm like, wait, what, I have to go back and, and see what, what happened, happened during this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Oh yeah. And, uh, thank you for coming and, and being on the show with me. Yeah. Go home and watch invite. the movie. Okay. And we'll talk about that. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening and have a great night. Original concept by Kim Payne and Otto Mullins. Art by Kurt Payne. Who knew art? Music by Jason Rager.